sleeping on your grandparents' futon that had been heated up by the sun, listening to your grandma talk. That's the most comfortable I've ever been. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kids' ministry director talk about raising a Christ-centered family. We're not sure we know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos. I am Kathleen. And I am Joel. And we are here. And it is nighttime. We got to work on that intro. And it is time to talk. And today we are talking... So everyone get comfortable. Oh, I thought we weren't going to do anything dumb today. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, we're leaving that in. <laughs> okay. Today's, cop- to- today's topic is how comfy is too comfy for our Christian household? We are talking all about living our comfortable, privileged... I won't call us rich, but we're rich compared to all of the rest of the world lives and what Jesus would think of that. Um, But before we get even into that, we want to do our family check-in. So because I'm the one talking right now, why don't we start with you? Then we would always start with me. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that's true. It is (laughs) true. Let's see. Check-in. How am I doing? I'm all right. I'm tired. It's been a long week. We're always tired. Yeah. What else is new? That's kind of, I know we're going to listen back to these in 20 years and be like, man, we were always tired. We were always tired. But I feel good. Everyone's getting over their colds. Mm, I think Dana's Levi's a new potty one. potty training. Mm, yeah. Levi is potty training. I feel like we're making progress. Um, in that he is willing to sit down on the potty. And go. He hasn't had accidents. Yeah. We do like That's because he spends all his time on the potty trying, trying to, to get, pee marshmallows. So that he can get marshmallows. Yeah. But it's still. He's gaming the system. It's still pretty good that he. We were going like two or three hours a day with no diaper and that it's working. Like he hasn't. He doesn't have any accidents. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm feeling good. How about you? Um, I am feeling good. I'm worried about Dane. I think he is getting a cold. And because he has the asthma, every time he gets a cold, it's kind of. Ah, you never know how it's going to turn out. Um, but um, work is good. I just finished my all of my curriculum for the whole year, like school year, so through June. And so I feel like now I can kind of move on to some of my longer term, bigger picture stuff. And um, I'm very excited to have all that done. Speaking of moving on, let's get to our topic. So today's topic is how comfy is too comfy for a Christian household? Um, Comfort is not the thing we put on the uh, old Christian welcome to church billboards. It's not the, it's not our selling point Um, because we're not actually called to a cush, easy, comfortable life. Yeah. C.S. Lewis said, I didn't go into religion to make me happy. I have always knew a bottle of port would do that. If you want religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. (laughs) Which is an interesting way of looking at Christianity, especially modern Christianity, I think. Yeah, because if you, I mean, we're constantly, I, as a church worker, like always thinking about what do people want? What will make people want to come? What will make people want to stay? What will make visitors comfortable? What will make people comfortable? And it's like, well, it's kind of like, it, in my mind, you get like three 
times at church where the whole objective is to make you feel comfortable. And then it's like, it's time to turn it around, baby. Um, but that's not the reality of what happens. We end up, in some cases, even the church props up and makes people comfortable for extended periods of time, sometimes decades, sometimes lifetimes of comfort in their own church, um, which is not what the Bible calls us to either. So this is from Matthew 16, 24. Uh, Jesus, well, let me see how far we go. 24 through 26. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Um, so <laughs> I, I'm hoping that that is not like the whole picture of the gospel. Like, hey, give up everything that gives you earthly pleasure. I mean, that kind of is what it is, but um, I guess that there's a reward um, that we get to experience even in this life, but it's still not, it's not super, it's not an easy sell. That's what it's not. No, yeah, but it's not, it's not suffering just to suffer. The, that verse doesn't say, you know, go um, whip yourself, you know, oh, you've been bad. What is that called? Uh, flagellation. <laughs> That's it. Um, go, don't go do self-flagellation. It, it says, pick up your cross and follow me. What is your burden? What are you suffering to save others? Right? Christ didn't hang on the cross to be a martyr. He hung on the cross to save us. To pay so, a debt. Yeah. When he says. It wasn't just doing it to look good. Or yeah. To. Even he didn't even just do it as an act of obedience. He was doing it for the purpose of paying a debt. Um, God called him to suffer for something, and that's what he suffered for. And we have to ask ourselves the same thing: What is God calling us to suffer for? Not just to suffer randomly or unnecessarily, or in order to look good, but in an in an act of obedience and an act of purpose. Um, and so, what we're going to look today, um, kind of through that framework, are three areas. So the first one we're going to look at is how comfortable do we allow ourselves to be with regard to our how we spend our time and energy? How comfortable are we with regard to material stuff and money? And how comfortable are we um, or how uncomfortable are we willing to be in the way we relate to people? So starting with that first category is um, are we too comfy in the way we spend our time and energy? And to kind of start off each one of these categories, we're going to give ourselves a score um, on a scale from one to 10. How do you feel about our family's level of comfort? Where one is us taking it really easy, pleasing ourselves and doing what we want to do. And 10 is just pushing ourselves to the brink uh, for the cause for Christ. So with regard to how we spend our time and energy, what score would you give us? Well, considering how late at night it is right now and how tired I am, I feel like my time and energy is being well spent. I, Can you give I would give us got, a six or a okay. seven. All right, six or seven. I had a four. Um, but why don't you start with your explanation first? Well, I mean, first, I think we've we've built our entire life around the ministry, around your job. Uh, my job, where we live, how we live, what we do every week is built around your job. And every Sunday, we spend all morning, um, I mean, really, from the time we wake up until noon, we spend working 
You for church. free. Yeah. Yeah, me for free. <laughs> uh not really for free. I work for the love. Um and then right, we do the podcast and we do Bible studies and small groups. And and, we try to invite families in. Yeah. And we invite people places and I mean, you started the the mommy and me time book time story time, which you started as a I mean, it wasn't part of your job until you made it part of your job. Yeah. You made it into uh, evangelism and that that takes it out of you. I and mean, that's time and energy. <laughs> it is. I, I am so exactly there. Do my, um, my wiggles class on yeah. Fridays is. And so I, I think, I mean, is there more we could be doing? Yeah, always. But I think that we we should get some credit. Certainly, you should get some credit for how we built the base of our life around that. And so even though it feels like, well, this is just time you spend working. Yeah, but it's time you're spending working for God. Yeah, and I get what you're saying. And I think that maybe it's a very specific thing to a person working in ministry. Um, But because I love my job so much, um, I think of like, okay, well, what does God call me to suffer for? And if I look at how I spend my time and energy, I spend a lot of my time and energy doing my job. And because I love my job, I feel like it doesn't count. Like I, I'm, I am comfortable. I am happy. I get fulfillment and joy out of doing ministry. So it's like, like, I know that God's not up there keeping some sort of cosmic score, but it feels like it shouldn't count because I love it so much. Yeah. You're the only person I know who would would curse God because of how happy she is in her job. That's not what I said, but like, okay. oh, I'm so happy and comfortable in my job. Ah, oh, it's the worst. I, I feel terrible. My score reflects that I'm not <laughs> unhappy. I mean, I just, I, everyone else is burdened by their job and I am lifted up by mine. I think that, and I know that you feel that that is a, that means it doesn't count. That that doesn't count towards our score, right? That doesn't count <laughs> that, towards that God is holding up there with some right, sort of scoreboard. That yeah. doesn't count towards what you're doing for the cause of Christ because it's comfortable, because you enjoy it. And when we talk about sacrifice and what have we sacrificed for God, and I say, well, we sacrificed our whole lives, everything. And you say, no, it's not a sacrifice. This is what I want to do. I think it's because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And when God says, pick up your cross and follow me, he doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad or not fun. Uh, He says, I mean, specifically, right? God says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, Matthew 11, 30, right? Come take up my burden. Do what I say, follow me. And you will find that my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's, it's supposed to be easy because you're where God wants you to be. And when you're where God wants you to be, it's not going to feel like a burden. But that doesn't mean you haven't sacrificed. Yeah. You, we have sacrificed. A lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money. Right. You could be, and you were a successful lawyer before you got into ministry. And you'd be earning a lot more money than you are now. What? You would have more social prestige. There is more prestige in the secular world for a practicing attorney than there is for a children's minister, right? What do you do? I'm the kid's priest. Yeah. Like that, 
I think that's more important, but obviously it doesn't have that social prestige, but you don't feel it because what you have given up isn't, it's not real. It's not a real prize. It's not the real reward. And so when you gave it up, it felt like, oh, I'm giving up this big thing. But then you're like, oh, I, I gave up nothing oh. to gain everything. And it doesn't feel like a burden and it shouldn't. I see. Okay. I see what you're saying, but let me push back even one. Cause my score was still a four. And even if we don't consider the ministry thing, one of the things that I think we do, we do not make ourselves uncomfortable. Let's say we score, we, we are, we make ourselves very uncomfortable. We sacrifice a lot for the purposes of ministry, assuming that's true. I still think that we are not doing much, making ourselves uncomfortable or spending our time and energy um, for the purposes of the least of these, right? When we talk about um, from Matthew 25, uh, 40 through 45, um, the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the prisoner, trying to pick them all out of here. Um, the people that God calls us, you know, in, in other, the, the widows, the orphans, people that ca God calls us to go out of our way to care for, we don't have that built into our life in any meaningful way. And I feel, I always feel a very, a heavy call and a, a sense of because I'm in ministry to set an example in this way and that I should be doing more and that I should be inspiring others and especially kids to do more. And I don't feel like our family um, makes ourselves uncomfortable or, or, or makes us a priority. Yeah. And it might be, and we'll talk more when we get to money in a minute about building systems into your life. So you're not relying on yourself to make the decision. Yeah. And it might be, I think as I'm thinking, as you were talking about it, I was thinking, you know, we don't have, we have a system built into our life um, to do ministry, to care for God's people, to bring disciples in. We don't really have a system in our life built around other than like giving. And maybe that's going to lead us into the next one in a minute. So maybe we should save that. Um, but you actually, that's, I mean, we, you have a system for, Steady, which yeah. I think is something you do do well on time and energy is you spend a lot of time and energy studying and learning and, and, and praying. praying and meditating with the Bible, on the Bible, with God, on God. I wake up early. I set aside the time and I would say to a fault, I neurotically make myself uncomfortable um, with regard to prayer and study because I um, if I don't get to it, I start doing you can tell the way I, I focus on these scores and, and what God thinks of me and all of that stuff. But um, I do prioritize study. And part of it is because I'm in ministry and didn't grow up as a Christian. And I feel like I'm in constant catch up mode. But part of it is that I know that when I am deeply in study and prayer, that my closeness to God is, it is so much bigger and it is so much more obvious and it manifests itself in every area of my life. And so um, I make myself uncomfortable in this way with regard to setting aside the time for study and prayer. But the that one, the payback is so obvious um, that, I mean, it, again, doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Yeah. And it again, I think it's just about setting up those systems so you're not relying on your own self-control. Yeah. Um, when, you, when it's the decision of to be comfy or to not be comfy, you always pick comfy. I certainly do. So it's about, it's about building it yeah. in. But you are really good. I will give you a lot of credit for being very good at the discipline of studying so much so that each of our children 
<laughs> owns a Bible. Like that, a Dollar Tree Bible. That they use explicitly for underlining and highlighting things in. Yeah. Um, because they think that's what you do with a Bible, which is a good thing to teach your kids. That what you do with a Bible is you study it and you read it and you live with it and you, you crinkle it up and it gets used yeah. and loved. Um, so I guess moving on to the next topic. How comfy is too comfy or how comfy are we specifically with um, with regard to money and stuff? So again, that's saying where one is just pleasing ourselves, doing what we want, getting what we want. Um, and 10 is just like being poppers and giving all our money away and and whatever. Um, what would you say our raw score is? This is a hard one. <laughs> Money's always hard yeah. because you always feel like you give more than you actually do and you always feel like you have less than you actually do. Yeah. Uh I'm going to give us I'm you know what? I'm we're we're solid students. It's another C plus B. Give us B a minus. number. I'm going to say 7.5 to 8. Oh gosh, you're seven. You love us. 7. I had 5. <laughs> This is just also a personality test for Joel and I um, on how hard we are on ourselves. Well, and hopefully for the listener who is also going along with us taking their own scores. Um, yeah. So I also, so let me start, since I had the lower score, I think it makes more sense for me to describe why and how I think we're comfy. Um, imagine a home, like 1600 square foot house. We have heat when we want, air conditioning when we want, hot water, uh, Alexa's in every room. Um, we both have iPhone 10s. When we say anything out into the space of our house, it almost magically happens. Like the thermostat changes, the door unlocks, um, a song plays that we want to listen to. We have five blankets on our bed right now. You know, that's me. I just really like having lots of blankets. Um, we wanted to redo our bathroom, so we redid our bathroom. We wanted to remodel our kitchen, so we finagled and saved up, but we're able to just remodel our kitchen and well, someone literally had to die for that. Well, yeah, we yeah, we uh, we inherited some money. Yes, but we were yeah. The point is, there's so little that we go without. Um, we give, but we could give more. I think if we if we moved our life around a little bit and just lived a little bit differently. And so while um, I'm not embarrassed by our giving, I think that a five reflects where we are materially and with regard to money let me give you the benefit of the doubt because clearly you aren't uh, <laughs> we also spend it's less than now it used to be more but it is less than it's still pretty close to the same amount on our mortgage that we spend paying back student loans every month we have five blankets on our bed because I refuse to let you turn the heater up at night <laughs> because gas costs money. Uh, we we don't buy thoughtlessly. At least I try not to. Um, and I know we both we actually both really do. But it's like you'll thoughtlessly buy a T-shirt at you know Target. I don't thoughtlessly I have those buy Harry Potter t-shirts and then I just want them. How could you not? Yeah. We don't thoughtlessly buy power tools or we have no jewelry or Yeah, or jewelry. new cars or And that's not true. We did I did buy you jewelry for Valentine's Day, but it was a $40 necklace. And it was the nicest besides my engagement ring, the nicest piece of jewelry I've ever owned. And for our 
kind of age and and group, I think we do okay. I think part of that, again, man, part of that is auto pay. People, yep. auto pay. Same thing. If your church isn't on auto pay, get them on auto pay. Because when we were, before they set up the, it's not PayPal, but whatever, the Venmo. Oh, I'll look it up what it actually is. At our church, I think it's push we pay. gave less than half what we give now because we might forget the cash. oh we forgot the check and it is if push you pay. give yourself the excuse of forgetting the checkbook if you give yourself the excuse of oh i didn't go to the bank this month i didn't get cash i didn't bring it oh i forgot my envelope man it's really easy to give yourself that excuse and and feel like well i tried to do the right thing i'm not a bad guy but if you set up the auto pay then it just happens if you and put it's like all of the areas in our life that we do a great job of um, making ourselves uncomfortable on a regular basis are are places where we have a system in place. And this is one of those systems. We pay, we decide what comes out on a weekly basis, but it is an automatic process. And once we, the like spiritual practices that setting it up and you're like, this is going to happen. This is going to come out. I'm just going to be square with that. And that becomes part of your overall life budget. Um, but again, that, that is an area where the, the to the extent we are uncomfortable um the, it it's set up through a system yeah but you know what's better than stuff and money people 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 are better let's talk about <laughs> people okay so uh, you want to give your raw score with uh one being uh us Hiding in a room by ourselves and just watching Netflix together and not talking to anyone because oh, that that's wonderful. Yeah, it really does. Or ten being us like just going out into the world, meeting every person, witnessing to every person, interacting with every person with the purposes of bringing them all to Jesus Christ. I'm going to give us a pretty good score here, and I feel like I need to explain my score before I give my score on this no, one. But you're not going to let me. No, just give I'm it. I'm going to say an eight. Eight and a half. I have six. And I'm going <laughs> to, okay. But I'm going to explain your eight and a half because um, one of the things that I think that anybody who knew you as a Christian would know that the thing that you do the best is start. And the, the like first part of a relationship with somebody, you make yourself so uncomfortable in the sense that you invite um, tons of people, um, people that you meet at church. Um, that are new that you've never engaged with before to eat with you. Um, you are like, let's go to lunch. Let's, you know, hang out, come to our house, come meet us at Chipotle, do whatever it is. You are so um, diligent about finding every new face and making that invitation. And um, so in that sense, I think that if that was all we were scoring it on, you would be like a solid 10 because you really are truly great at that. And it is something that makes most people, myself included, very uncomfortable. Well, it makes me uncomfortable. I know. This is why I hate when people do this. When we talk about like, oh, you need to go greet visitors. You need to invite them out. People say, oh, that's easy for you. You're so natural. You're so good at it. Like, no, I'm, I mean, maybe the reason I'm so good at it is because I dislike it so much that like talking to someone I know really well and really like is, is uncomfortable and awkward for me. Like, I don't like doing it. And so, I'm like, well, that's just what talking to people is like. And so I'll go talk to someone I don't know. Yeah, it's uncomfortable and awkward, but that's what talking people to people is like. 
It's um, just always the case. Yeah. And again, it's <laughs> setting up that system. Having the rule um, is back to, to the Jane Eyre morality of I made a rule when I was thinking clearly. Yes. And now I'm not thinking clearly. I have to stick by the rule. Yeah. And, and so, you've made me stick by the rule. It's like it's like a weird thing. Like, I'm not going to be as good of a spouse to you unless I catch people and invite them to eat with us. Yeah, it's we have a, a rule. Bus- you see someone at church you don't know, you introduce yourself. And if they look like they might be game, yeah, see if they want to go to Chipotle after lunch. This, of course, has the side benefit of it means you're required to go to whatever your favorite woo, restaurant woo, is after Chipotle. church. Oh, my um, gosh. I had barbacoa the other day for the first time in like eight years. And I remember barbacoa is way better than chicken at Chipotle, FYI. You should do that. I know. Or you should Chipotle order too comfortable. You need to get out of your comfort zone. No, that is my new. Yeah. I was get out of your comfort zone. I got zone out of my out. comfort zone, and I realized I love barbacoa again. Okay, uh, I'm just went back to my yeah. old comfort zone. But I would say you. I am jealous of you because you're so much better at relationships and people and being uncomfortable with people talking about important things and weighty things, and I I'm terrible at that. And you have conversations with people about their spouses, about their lives, about their jobs, about their illnesses, about your illnesses, about my illnesses, which I don't like. Um, things that just like, I I just can't. I cannot do it. And I try and I want to be that guy that people come to when they have a problem and I'm just not. But you, you are. And so, you know, I can get them to lunch, but I can't make them come back the next week. And that's what you do. And you're just so good at it. I think you earned the eight. Um, okay, well. I will take credit. I'm in a situation right now where um, one of the things that we're asked to do to, to fellow Christians is to speak truth and love. And that is another way that we are called to be uncomfortable. It is often true that the truth is the most uncomfortable thing. And when we are faced with, with God calling us to speak truth to people, um, it can be the scariest thing. And I, I, the situation I'm in right now requires me on a weekly basis um, to face a situation where I need to speak truth and it is so uncomfortable and even hurtful often to the person I'm speaking to and I hate it and it's the first time I've been pushed this hard in this direction but it requires this repeated um, me praying for the truth to be clear and speaking the truth and speaking for the courage to speak truth Um, but this is one area where I think um, at least in the last few months I've been really um God's been working on me because it's just easier sometimes to let um the facade stand up and and not um talk about real things and talking about real things with fellow Christians is is important and it's an area that we are called to be uncomfortable in. Um so let's talk about things we don't do so well. <laughs> oh, I was going I was going to give you more credit, but okay, let's talk about things we don't do well. Um uh, relating to people who are different from ourselves. Um and I don't mean to say that we like avoid these situations. It's just that the reality is that people who are different from us, they require an extra amount of time and energy and thought that goes into connecting with people who aren't like us, people who are not in our life phase, people who are not in our socioeconomic class, and um, people who are not the same race as us even. And um, those sorts of things require more thoughtfulness, more intention. And we have not intentionally pursued that to a level that I think that Jesus would want us to. Yeah, I think 
it's harder. Again, man, if you if you have to get out of your comfort zone, if you have to be the one who does things, because we have the system for when we see somebody in kind of our general life phase. Yeah, with like a little kid running we, around. After church, we grab them. Hey, you want to go to lunch with us? A bunch of us go to lunch. And then we see someone who's not in our life phase, either older or much younger or just, and it's just harder because we don't have that system set up. And I'm not sure what it is we should be doing, but I agree that we should make that intentional choice and try and find those people who are in, in different cultures and different life phases and different places and different worlds and reach out to them. And I guess try and figure out where they are so that we can go there because, you know, asking like an 80, 90 year old couple, like, Hey, you guys want to go to Chipotle after lunch? Yes. Like that doesn't work. Yeah. That's um, the, that and is, that's not a great example, but no, I think it, it is makes a great example. Point. It may, it's a great example because we realized in the last few weeks, we realized that our trips to Chipotle are very, um, there's a high barrier for entry. Not everybody can spend $10 on a burrito every Sunday to spend time with us. Um, and one of the ideas we had for, it really only works for the summer, but is kind of having a picnic style um, lunch at the church where people can go and either grab a peanut butter and jelly from home or bring one with them to church. Or maybe they do want to go to Chipotle and bring burritos back where we all eat together, but that not everybody has to spend the $12 to eat. Um, because I think eating together is the key, um, which we kind of talked about in a previous episode. But it's actually biblical requiring people to come out and pay. And we have paid for people before, but we can't afford to do that on a regular basis. And so trying to eliminate that barrier for entry is what we've been kind of working on as a way to reach people, especially in that case, who have different um, socioeconomic uh, resources than we do. And the other way I think that this is the number one thing that people think of being uncomfortable when they think about being a Christian is with regard to witnessing um, out in the world. Can I get a witness? Yeah, well, um, no, because that's terrifying and no thank you. <laughs> amen. No, you're supposed to say amen. No, okay, sure. But um, I'm reading Organic Outreach right now. Ooh, I should come up with the author of that. Can you Hashtag humblebrag. Look up the author. Um, and uh, it's a really great resource because it. the whole point of it is it being organic outreach, right? It's not about going up to a rando on the street and being like, can I tell you about my savior, Jesus Christ? It's not that sort of thing. It's Although about respect to the kids who do that. that no, is... it's great. But is it effective? Oh, um, probably it's brave. not. It's brave. It's brave. And it's crazy. Like and I couldn't have done that when I was in high school. People are saved by it. Maybe. Um, But um, that that's never going to be my thing. And I don't think it's the way I can be the most effective. So the question is um, being uncomfortable enough to pursue um, bringing people to Christ, um, doing outreach in a way that makes sense for me. And, um, and it, it is going to be uncomfortable because it is always uncomfortable, but, um, it's also about being smart and building in the systems to do it on a regular basis, I think you which do. organic outreach is very good. It helps you to build yeah, the systems. I think in. you do a good job at witnessing to people because you are always out there being wonderful, making it known who you are and what you do. I mean, the people at the Dollar Tree, they all know that you come in and you buy $50 worth of stuff <laughs> for, you know, whatever kids party you're having. They know who you are and you're wonderful and kind and they they see you. And at the very least, they go, okay, well, I don't know much about Christianity, but here's what I know. 
I know they love putting on parties for the kids, and they're really nice ladies. That's, I just don't feel like that's enough. Uh, Organic Outreach is by Kevin Harney, by the way. And um, it's, I think it's important to be kind out in the world. But I think that um, talking about your faith in a more uh, clear way, we're called to do that. And we're called to be uncomfortable in that way. Yeah. And I think kind of what we've learned here is overall, we, you and I are pretty good at pushing ourselves in kind of the ministry discipling aspect of this. And we don't do quite as well with, with the mission, missional and outreach side of it. And, and so that's where we need to focus. And not just focus, but I think the other thing that we've kind of gathered from this is that we need to build um, systems into our Mm -hmm. life to make that um, more, to make ourselves more effective in that way and to make being uncomfortable possible because uncomfortable is never possible when you let your impulse decide what to do. Yeah. And so I guess it's kind of look at yourself because yours is going to be different. Look at yourself and see what it is that that you're not good at that you need to work on. Not and you're get not better. good at. I'm sorry. What areas you, that you have been unwilling to be uncomfortable in? Yeah, areas where you fall short and that you need to work on getting better. One area I think we need to work on getting better at is keeping the podcast moving. <laughs> Let's get to our next topic. So that came up. This was one of my favorite ones, maybe ever. Um, I was at this was when we were on our way to. Bible study the other day and um the we went to Wiener Schnitzel because we are really into nutrition in our family and we were getting mini corn dogs for our kids and so this woman um was very nice lady working at Wiener Schnitzel at the window and as she's like okay it's going to take a few minutes to make the corn dogs which by the way is true every time you go to Wiener Schnitzel it always they make takes them fresh cuz Wiener Schnitzel is amazing and scalding hot um she and she's like so I'm rolling up the window and as I'm rolling up the window, I've got like my finger on the button. It's like three quarters of the way up and Dane from the back seat goes, mommy, that lady has a baby in her belly. And I'm like watching her to see if she reacts in any way as I'm like, I, you can't make the window go faster up by pushing harder on the button, <laughs> but I sure tried. And so the window went all the way up and I said, what do you mean, sweetheart? And she goes. And he goes, yeah, she, she's got a baby in her belly. And he goes, she's got two babies in her belly. <laughs> and I was like, those are not her belly, sweetheart. Um, and so in the line at Schnitzel, fortunately, with the window up, I got to explain. And this woman, by the way, was in no way a, like, like overweight. She was just big busted. And... And Dane, now Dan knows what that means. And now he knows what that means. Um, and the one thing I wanted to add is that as I rolled down the window to take the corn dogs, I was very careful to say, okay, Dane, now we're going to be quiet when mommy gets your corn dogs because God only knew what he was going to say or yell through the window um, while we were getting our corn dogs. So um, that came up. <laughs> All right. On that very classy note, let's pray ourselves out. Lord, help us to see where we are too comfortable and push us to go in those directions that you want us to go, where we need to be more uncomfortable so that we can find that true, lasting, and real comfort that is your path and your desires for us. Help us put our will aside so that we can find yours. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the Chaos Pod at gmail.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.